Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I totally lost my train of thought. I had no, right. I, no idea what to say. Uh, which show you were on. Which show I was no. on. Brain freeze. So, uh, but yeah, welcome to the show. I should, I, I think that's where I say I'm Jonathan Taylor and you are. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm Sean McCool. You are Sean McCool. We're going to do a, uh, we're going to do a flight today, a quick flight. Jonathan's got places to be. Um, so we're going to do three or four things. I've got two things. Yeah. You've got one to two things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll cover that. Hit our beverages real quick. Uh, hopefully they're not too disappointing. Uh, Jonathan's, he keeps trying, man. You keep trying to keep bringing IPAs on the show. You keep giving them a chance. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, there's gotta be one so, out there. There has got to be, be one. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, I mean, it, I'm on a search like the Holy grail. I'm looking yeah. for an acceptable what is this IPA stuff. There's everybody's <laughs> talking about, there's gotta be something I'm missing. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, I am abstaining from alcohol today. I did bring a beverage on, but I took some medication. So that says don't drink alcohol with it. Um, so I have, I'll go ahead and start. I have, I even put it in a little mason jar. It's kind of got a blue tint to the mason jar, but it's like some lemonade right there. This No, it's actually milk. Ew. That's it's, disgusting. <laughs> you don't like milk? This uh, is raw. Not in 90 degree heat, I don't. Well, it's not 90 in my house. It's <laughs> 72. Um, so this is raw milk, like, and it's a uh, whole, raw, raw whole milk. And it's mm-hmm. from A2. Have, have you heard about like the difference between A2 dairy and regular dairy? No. It's a different cow, basically. Okay. And it's a different protein. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, this is fascinating. A lot of people that are lactose intolerant or think that they're lactose intolerant, it's actually the the A1 and A2 protein difference. Oh, okay. So there's a whole, there's a whole breed of cattle, A, mm-hmm. A2 Jersey cattle, that have a different protein and people that, and Sid, one of Sydney's friends came over and has thought she was lactose intolerant. She had this milk, no problems whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So if for those lactose intolerant people out there, maybe try some A2 dairy and they actually sell A2 dairy in the, in the stores as well. So a little fun fact, a little trivia. There's a bonus round there for you go. right there. But uh, yeah. Also, I think we're the only species, Sean, that drinks milk after they're weaned off of their mother. I believe. Oh, I like it. It's good stuff. <laughs> we eat a lot of cheese though. That's just hard. That's milk. true. Well, that's true. <laughs> and I do like my cereal, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I know uh, some people, I've heard Brendan Burchard say before, he's like, that's the most disgusting thing ever. Why would you, why would you see a cow in a field and think, Oh, I want to drink out of that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But I like it. Especially, especially when I unlock the magic mm-hmm. with some Oreos. Oh, there you go. Now you're talking. So is that double stuffed or just regular? It is. It's a double stuff. <laughs> Love them. So, Those things are addicting. Right. That's why I don't yes. get them. Um, yep. What do you have over there? I have, first of all, I'm going to tease this segment real quick. Cause we got some, I got okay. to throw out a couple of teaser headlines. We're going to be talking about the most powerful narcotic Oof. to be known. And wow. this is powerful lesson in persuasion and marketing. And then we're also going to be talking about the most persuasive word in the English language that I've learned is so powerful that uh, most people don't have any choice it's like, to agree with you and move forward with whatever. It's like you're kryptonite to Superman, huh? It's, it's a powerful word. It's Yes, it's like kryptonite. Works, yeah. 
works every time. What is that word? <laughs> works almost every time. Uh, inevitable. It's inevitable. It's like Thanos, yep. inevitable until he wasn't. That's right. So, all right. I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, I'm going to be talking about um, one of my clients gave me some feedback on just the overall business and some stuff we've been doing together mm-hmm. and kind of the lessons from that. It's good news. Awesome. And then a chart, um, an interesting thing I read from charter.com that does the charts and about the news cycle and what we can learn from that. So that that is our, the news, the news, the, the, let me put that (laughs) quotes, this news. Yes. So, all right. Can you call it the gun on my drink? But uh, now you can now you can do yours now that you sufficiently teased. <laughs> well, I have a Florida man. I got a Florida man uh, from Cigar City Brewing Company right here. Florida man. Florida man. So That's how lots of headlines start. Welcome to Florida, the Sunshine State. It's got a little uh, little billboard on it, and uh, this is actually a new addition. I've had. I've had maybe two or three uh, we've reviewed or I've reviewed on the show from Cigar City. They've not really, I don't think they've been double IPAs. This is a double IPA. Uh, some of their white, uh, their white ales are pretty, pretty good. I think in the past, one of them is um, uh, two, some, um, oh yeah, the Florida Cracker. Uh, so everything's Florida. I guess they're based out of Florida. I even, I, yeah, they are. They're Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa, Tampa, right? Yep. Yeah, that's the Cigar City. <laughs> yep. So everything's got the the Florida based uh, theme, but their Florida the Florida Cracker was probably one of my favorites. But this is a double IPA, eight and a half percent. Says uh, unpredictable varieties of hops used in nearly criminal volumes, combined uh-huh. to. <laughs> uh oh. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> combined to create a bold citrusy double IPA mm. brewed to pay. Oh gosh, here we go again. Brewed to uh, pay <laughs> tribute to the world's most, the world's worst superhero, Florida man. Is that a superhero? Ah, nice. <laughs> I just there's a lot of headlines that start with Florida man. <laughs> I have Isn't never that, heard it, of, of a superhero named Florida man. No, it must be. Maybe that's a little tongue in cheek. Yeah, probably so. And I don't have a glass today. I don't even care. That's how. That's how little I care about this uh, beer today. No glass. Uh, let's cheers it up. <laughs> cheers. I'll, I'll drink my cow pus. You drink your IPA. I don't really care. I don't even care about the beer today. I just want to talk about. Persuasion, persuasion, persuasion. Well, you didn't make a face when you drank it, so that's not too bad. It's actually not that bad. It's, uh, yeah, it's, he's he's converting. I gotta say, I gotta say for, it's not a bad, uh, it's not a bad IPA. It is a double IPA, which I think the double IPAs are probably a little better. Um, and it may just because be because they have a little more alcohol content, but, uh, let me try that again. Yeah, you didn't make a big face, so that was good. Mm. No, it's not, not that sour. It's a little balanced there with the um, the citrusy, but it's got a little sweetness to to it too. So hmm. I'm, I'm going to give this a um, I'm going to give this a I'm going to give us a, th- a solid three point oh. 
There you go. Three point. Pretty good for yeah. for the old IPA yeah. bracket. Three point. Good. I'll give my milk a three. I mean, it's milk. <laughs> I don't know what else. To... Now, after you've uh, with the Oreo, though, it gets a little. Yeah, low. I mean that would that would go to a five it for gets sure. Bumped yeah. up a little. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Um, all right. So. Where do you, where do we want to slot in the perfect word and the, and then the, the narcotic, the narcotic. Okay. So let's start with the narcotic since we're talking about, um, beverages and alcohol and yeah, yeah. That's a good transition. <laughs> I segue into, uh, drugs, I guess. Um, right. no, so I was, I, I pulled this and, and we've talked about some of Dan Kennedy stuff. Um, always good. And I got to give credit where credit's due. So this is straight out of Dan Kennedy's, um, uh, influential writing workshop. And I've gone through this a few times, just listening to some of the audios, uh, really good stuff. And some of it, I'm actually implementing right now in some of the work that I'm doing, um, and some of the sales letters that I'm sending out, but also it's just some of the, um, the marketing with stories and the whole point of the workshop and the, um, I guess the boot camp or the seminar. And I don't know when this was originally done because, I would say probably back in the early 2000s, probably somewhere between 2005, 2010. But it's all about creative selling or creating with um, creating your marketing using stories, origin stories. We've talked about in the past, yep. um, you know, creating a, uh, a hero um, around mm-hmm. uh, your company, your product, your service. And uh, I think it's just so, so good because it really gets, it goes deep into um, some stuff. I mean, it's, it's several, um, several audios. Uh, it goes deep into it and I printed out some stuff. There's a lot of great material in here. Uh, always Dan Kennedy-esque where it's just kind of slapped into a, um, you know, uh, uh, Xeroxed and just slapped together and then printed yeah. out and uh, turned into a, uh, a manual. But uh, he does, um, he uses some great examples, but he talks about the power of the most powerful narcotic and the most powerful narcotic for anybody in marketing today is the the desire for people to belong to something. We talk about Mm -hmm. this all the time in influence and people want to uh, belong to whatever organization, whatever group, be a part of something greater than themselves. And he uses a lot of examples on how to um, use this in marketing. He talks about the, um, (laughs) he talks about, um, you know, some of the most noticeable brands that we could think of like Harley Davidson, you know, people want to be a part of the the Harley crowd. They want to ride the, the, the hogs. Um, you and I have Jeeps, you know, there's a, there's a whole affinity crowd of Jeep owners that have their own communities, their own groups. They stick little rubber duckies and I should have brought my rubber ducky on today because you've probably gotten one of those, Sean, a little, uh, duck, duck Jeep, uh, rubber duck that they put on your uh, door handle or some part of your Jeep. I don't have that. I don't have that. That's crazy, man. I, I I haven't owned mine for that long. And about two weeks after getting my Jeep, just in the parking lot, somebody puts a, a rubber duck. So I'm like, I didn't know this was a thing, right? Oh, I didn't, I, I've never had that happen. <laughs> but it's a whole community of people that, you know, it's got the little I tag left, on the Now rubber. I feel left out. <laughs> I know, I can't believe, I'm. Mean, you've had huh. a Jeep for five years. I know, and I've had, a, I've had one before that, you know. 
So yeah, it's crazy. But it's a cute little uh, bath, you know, a little yellow rubber duck. And it's got the now little thing that says uh, uh, duck, 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 duck. Jeep. You watch now that, now that you've mentioned that and put that out there, like Sydney's going out of town this weekend with a Jeep. You watch, she'll come back with a duck. She, you got to park at the right, I think it's, the, you got to park at the right places. You got to be at the right spots. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I guess Sid must be listening. My wife is listening. Sid is very upset that she doesn't have one. So, uh, well, I can, you know, if you guys were close by, I could, uh, you know, I could stick one on the Jeep. Um, yeah, these, well, there's a whole community out, apparently out it's gonna there. Ha- it's going to happen now. So, <laughs> I, I'm curious though. Does he say why he calls it narcotic? Because I was looking up the definition of narcotic, and it doesn't really fit. I mean, it, you know, there's not. Let me see if there's another definition that's maybe further down. Um, uses this. This is straight out of. Um, oh, here it is. Having the effect of relieving pain and in, well, and inducing drowsiness, stupor, and sensibility. So having the effect of relieving pain, I guess, is why he. Yeah, I would think that, yeah, that would be the answer to, uh, you know, belonging to something is, is, is an answer to a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Like I I always find it interesting, you know, for a while I was doing triathlons, you know, 10 or 12, 13 years ago, however long it was a while ago. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when you get into these new worlds, whether it's that or Spartan races or five K's or whatever, your kids soccer league. Yeah. You find out that there's this entire world on Saturday mornings that you did not even know existed. Absolutely. These entire affinity groups that are out there doing their things, spending thousands of dollars on their, on their, you know, Mm -hmm. little sport or activity or whatever that, you know, that before you were part of it, you didn't even know it existed for the most part. Like you just weren't even aware of it. That's right. Um, And there's, there's thousands of those kind of little groups everywhere, not just Saturday mornings, but just, you know, the Tuesday night book clubs and the, yep. you know, wine tasting clubs and whatever, like there's all kinds of stuff out there Oh yeah, that people are joining. Well, that is yeah. the big stuff, the, you know, political and all yeah, that stuff. That's right. I mean, there's whole, uh, you know, meetup dot, you know, we, I used to be use meetup quite a bit. And yeah. not as often, but they built a whole business model off of the fact that people want to start their own, you know, affinity groups, you know, and get together yeah. on a regular basis and meet at a certain location and yeah. talk about whatever. Yeah, um, and look at the Facebook groups and how yep. many weird Facebook groups there are, you know, that absolutely you don't even know are out there because you would never look at them if you're not interested in that stuff. Yep. Um but, you know, from a marketing standpoint, yeah, creating a community that people can be a part of is, mm-hmm. is a big, big deal. Oh yeah. And it's, it's the why, it's why people join, uh, clubs, country clubs, like you said, they become members of, of this organization, that organization, they pay absorbent, you know, fees just to belong to something yeah. and, uh, you know, just to be a part. So people have an innate desire to be a part of something, some kind of community, and well, I think what's, you mentioned Jeep. I think what's interesting about Jeep is usually you don't buy a Jeep because of the group. Right. But once you're in, you start to realize, oh, there's this whole Jeep thing going on. And then it makes it sticky. Like yep. then you want to keep your Jeep or you yep. want to get another Jeep, <laughs> right. you know, down the road. Because kind of once you've been in that, that world, it's like, oh, I want to be with these cool people that I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, unless you're out actually doing the four wheel clubs and <laughs> stuff like that. But most people. Oh, I know. I, ha- I have friends that have purchased Harleys just to be, I mean, I mean, you can get any bike, right? And yeah, if you don't know the history of Harley Davidson, they were, um, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I had the author of a book on Harley Davidson on another podcast show recently, and he was sharing with me the history, you know, back, going back into the early eighties. I don't remember too much about Harley Davidson back then, but they were known as, I mean, they, they had a bad reputation. It was, um, they were known as bikes, high, that maintenance. Lead, high maintenance. Absolutely. They were yeah. poorly, poorly made. And then the people that rode them, uh, people thought even less of, cause a lot yeah. of it was, um, a, a lot of people coming out, you know, Vietnam vets who were at that time kind of, um, you know, hippies and, Hellraisers and and all of those people. That was the that was the market that they had developed. And you know, this group uh, of investors bought Harley Davidson out around the early eight. I guess it was around eighty one. Completely turned it around by you know creating a community. You know, creating a uh, a community around that. And how do they do that? Well, it took. I mean, it's not overnight, but you develop yeah. uh, a passion. And the, you know, they sat down. Uh, for weeks just discussing, you know, what, what does it mean to own a Harley Davidson? And so they came up with this identity of the perfect, the person that they wanted, you know, their perfect customer was not just a bunch of um, hell raising guys out there drinking beer and with long beards that look like they were in ZZ top, you know, they, they wanted to reach a broader audience, but they also wanted it to be a a community and an exclusive Mm -hmm. group that was all about having fun, adventurous freedom, you know, just getting out there and with your Harley and just, you know, getting out on the open road and riding. And, and uh, you can see that now too, with, with all their new stores, they all have, oh yeah. not all of them, they have stages where they have events. Um, yep. you know, the Smoky mountain Harley Davidson outward near you yep. has a huge venue mm-hmm. where people can come in and big time. Yeah. You know, concerts and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Fun fact, the black t-shirt that was very popular among early Hardy, Harley riders. Yeah. Did he, did he say why that the myth is, I don't know if it's true or not, but the myth behind the black t-shirts. I, did he no, talk about he that? He didn't talk about that. No. Apparently they sprayed so much oil off of the chains and it would fly up on the back of people's shirts that they ended up, they started wearing black t-shirts so the oil stains wouldn't show after riding their bikes. That's great. Wow. I did not know that. That is a fun yeah. fact. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, it was, uh, cause they would leak so much oil and it would just yeah. spray up with yep. the chain and, or yep. and the tire wheels stuff mm-hmm. and just soak your t-shirt. So they just, they were ruining white t-shirts. So they started wearing black t-shirts. Well, so Makes sense to me. Yeah. Why not? And, that's, and that's, talking about the apparel side of things, I mean, the guy that I was interviewing said, you know, for, for, you know, many years, you know, Harley has made more money off just their apparel than, than actual bike sales. I mean, that's, yeah. that's quite an accomplishment, you know, when you, well, when you consider a t-shirt is 20 bucks and a bike is 20,000. <laughs> right. That, that says a lot. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, so. But yeah, yeah people go in the stores, you know, they've created that exclusivity. People go into stores, they want to wear the apparel. If they buy one, mm-hmm. they definitely want to show people that they own a Harley. Yeah. 
And uh, so you can't just have the Harley bike. You got to have the Harley helmet. You got to have the Harley jacket. You got to have the Harley t-shirt. I did that when I bought my Triumph. I had to get the Triumph, you know, stuff to go with it, you know, because you make that kind of purchase. You want to, you want to be part of that world. So that's pretty cool. That's a, that's a, that's that's the number one narcotic is to find, figure out how to create a community that people want to be a part of or a group that people want to be part of. Yeah. And the way, the way I, I use this and the way anybody, you know, will throw this out, but the way you can tailor this to your own business and, you know, there's always that person that says, well, I can't do that in my business because I do X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, <laughs> that's not true. I mean, you, yeah, you have marketing really to people. <laughs> Anybody can create it. If you're in the, if you're a, a realtor and you're in the real estate community, you could sell, you know, you could work exclusively and, and Dan gives it great examples of this, but there's, you know, realtors in any market, I don't care if it's a recession, I don't care if it's, uh, you know, there's there's high inflation, we're in a stagflation recession, in great time, they're always going to be realtors out there, they're killing it. And mm-hmm. some realtors, though, know how to, you know, sell to the affluent, market themselves to the affluent and create a community that's uh, offers exclusive, you know, they're completely exclusive to a certain segment. So if you're looking for this or if you're looking for this, or if you're just looking for uh, somebody to help you shop around for a house, I'm not the person. I'm the person who's going to lead you into the, you know, right by, and here's the, the only people that I work with. Yeah. And you can even leverage that and be like, you know, you know, when you work with me and we get you into the, to the right neighborhood, I'm going to introduce you to people in that neighborhood. Yep. Right. So it's, you take it a whole nother level. Absolutely. like when you move in, well, I'll host a party and I'll introduce you to all the neighbors. Mm-hmm. That would be something a, a realtor and a, and a kind of a high end or any neighborhood really could do, yep. you know, be the liaison for getting to know people in the new neighborhood. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. So you can, so one of the, the ideas I've got in, in my business, because even in manufacturing, people say, well, how can you do this in manufacturing when you're selling materials and things that so many people buy? Well, you can find ways to create exclusivity and you know one of the ways that you can can create that separation from the all from everybody else because you always want to go in the opposite direction of what everybody else is doing in your industry so sometimes you have to look outside your industries but you want to go opposite if you're doing what everybody else is doing uh you're going to fail and you're going to fail like everyone else so what you've got to do is is look for ways to distinguish yourself and you know, one of the things I talk about is in, in the manufacturing, um, the chemicals business, manufacturing industries, industrial segments, they do everything the same. Rarely do you see anybody kind of stepping outside the box and, and creating what I call, or what Dan has referred to many times as kind of that shock and all package, you know, where they send out to people. Um, and what a shock and all package is, is more or less kind of that uh, welcome package that, you know, you can have, um, you know, an, a book in there, whether it, you know, you kind of want it to be your book, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. If it's, if it's right. tailored to what they're trying to accomplish, sometimes it can be a book that somebody else has written. So don't think you have to be the author of everything out there. You know, you could buy, and there's a great place, you know, you can get on Amazon and order uh, a, bot- a lot of these remainder books or books that have been you know, it's been years since they've been published and get them at pennies on the dollar. And there's other websites out there where you can get 
you know, books that have been previously published, published, and you can get them at a bargain discount and just order them by the volume and send out to, um, you know, send out to some of your preferred customers or clients. So creating a shock and awe package, having a book, having a tailored message, having, creating value to show them. And so one of the books that I'm creating in my segment right now, and I'm having, what I'm having to do is kind of reverse engineer uh, a book from other industries that shows what to look for, you know, that classic uh, book of, or eBooks that we've talked about, what to look for when you're searching for a realtor, what to look for when you're searching for an attorney. And so, but what I've done is take this a a little step further and creating that shock and all package and what to create, what to look for in a company that does uh, toll manufacturing, which is one of the services that, that we do, which is more or less say a company, you know, they've got a product um, that they're making, but they don't have the uh, manufacturing capability. Well, they're looking for a tolling company that will actually do the manufacturing for them. They'll send them the raw materials and that's what we'll do. So that's another segment that I'm working on marketing. And so, uh, you know, one of the, one of the books in, in this shock and all package is how, you know, what to look for, because I know that that's always a question that people have to have, um, when they're shopping around for somebody who's going to make their materials, right? They've got the patented process. They've got the the secret sauce, so to speak, but they don't have the capabilities of making that. So how do you go about doing that? And, you know, I think people probably more often than not will get on Google and look for that. But what I'm doing is creating a book and a package of how to identify a company, especially when you've got a a product or something that is very proprietary. You got to be really careful about who you work with. There's a lot of things to sign up for. Yeah. Trust is going to be a big issue. Huge issue. And it's where a lot of people get ripped off. You know, you know, people shop this stuff over to China uh, and they have many times in the past. And a lot of people have have made the mistake and learned their lesson is that uh, China rips, you know, they basically just, yeah, they'll do it for you. And then they copy it and they do it themselves. That's what China's good at. Yeah. So, you know, those are things that people need to, um, you know, putting a package of education together that shows what to look for and shows, and then what you do is identify, here's the companies that we work with exclusively. You know, here's the type of companies that we seek. And it's this type of company that we're looking to work with and no one else. So there's an element of creating that exclusivity in the, in the shock and awe package where the book shows what to look for. But at the very end, it tell, tells them what the next step of the process is if they're interested in being part of our community of companies that work exclusively with us, and then you have to go through it. So you kind of create the education, but then you create a little bit of the exclusivity at the end where they have to kind of jump through a few hoops um, yeah. before they can work with you. And I think that you, if you can do that in your, in your marketing where educate and then kind of pull back a little bit to say, here's the information to show you, that we know what we're talking about and we're the experts at what we do, but then to pull back and say, if you want to work with us, you have to go through, you have to fill out this information and we have to have an interview and we have to talk and you have to go through this step first before uh, we actually work with you to see if you're the right fit for who we're looking to work with. So, yeah. Which makes you not feel needy and exactly. seem needy and all that That's stuff. Right. So. And it feels yeah. scary 
you know, especially when, you know, you know, people want to get business during times of, you know, recession. And I think we're probably on the cusp of something, but, but listen, there's plenty of business out there and there's opportunity even during bad economic times. And I think that's where you've got to tailor your marketing message, even in an economic downturn to say, uh, listen, your, your marketing capital, you know, you're putting a lot of marketing capital or a, a lot of capital on the line and working with somebody that's going to be doing this for you. Yep. You know, in times like this, don't you want to make the wise decision? Well, I would argue too, that during, during, tough times, down times, whatever you want to call it. People are in some ways, it really depends on the market, but in some, in some ways people are more open to change because they're looking for yes. options. Right. Um, we, I, I think I sent you this earlier in the week by text, but Mint Mobile. Oh yeah. Love uh, that story. Is, is uh, slashed all their prices in half for at least three months. Yep. Like, so they went from $30, which is already crazy cheap for mm-hmm. mobile down to $15 for all their different plans. And basically what they're doing is they're trying to take advantage of people cost cutting and getting people to switch from these bigger carriers down to, you know, mobile while they're feeling the pain of gas prices and food prices and everything else. And I think it's, you know, though they're basically buying market share at right now at this time when everything's tough. Yeah. And my guess is it'll do really well. Yeah, so. I, I think so too. Well, tell us real quick. I know we we're short and we'll, we'll try to jump these things in, but like you had the most persuasive word in the English language. Is that most persuasive word in the English language? And I don't know where I, where I learned this from. So I'm pulling stuff, you know, great artist steals. So I, I steal this from somebody else, but it's very true. Uh, one of it's probably Chidini uh, from his book influence. Yeah. The word, in my opinion, the word because is probably the one of the most uh, persuasive words in the English language today. Mm-hmm. And I saw this used in an example a couple of times this week using it with some uh, using it with some clients. And um, and the whole idea, you know, Chidini says in, in his original book, um, Influence, he used the example of you know, the guy that wants to cut in line and their people are waiting uh, in line to make copies at the Xerox machine. And so they did a study and the study was uh, people that uh, use the word because in their reasoning for cutting ahead of the line. And then the people that just didn't even use a reason and said, can I cut in front of you to make this copy? Yes. The interesting you know, the interesting thing from that is like you could give some of the worst becauses or the worst reasons ever and people would still let you cut in line as long as you gave a reason why it doesn't matter what that reason is. Um, but obviously you want to give a good reason, but it's amazing how that works in the mind because people want to make sense of what you're doing or make sense of what's happening. So the mind needs a reason for something. And I use this this week and so powerful, powerful example of, uh, yeah, there you go. We're, so this is, uh, so this is Gary Bensavinga. I'm sharing it on the screen for okay. those of you. So Gary Bensavinga is one of the greatest copywriters ever. And, uh, he's retired, I think for the most part now. Um, but he has these things called Bensavinga 
bullets, marketing mm-hmm. bullets, and it's a whole series of them. Um, but one of them is, is exactly what you're talking about. Um, the word because and he, he cites Cialdini, I think in here as well. Oh yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, I think the word because, so yeah, I think the one, the, the, where I got it from, or one of the authors that we've had on the show that was the author of exactly what to say, he came on and joined us in the past, but, um, but yeah, I used it in a situation this week for raising prices. And I'm telling you, that's one of the scariest things when you have to go to, you probably know this, Sean, if you, if you're dealt with a returning customer or client that's worked with you for years and you come back to them and say, Hey man, I gotta, I gotta raise your price by 30%. (laughs) Yeah. And and in in your business, you don't have a choice. Like the actual price of goods has gone up. That's right. Because inflation, raw materials, yeah. Raw materials go up. So, and, and so those are helpful because, uh, you can use the because very easily um, yeah. in that because you can use you can cite the uh, some of the data out there that shows the price index and and mm-hmm. shows the cost of raw materials and this raw material and this raw material and it's pretty easy in, in my industry to be able to go just Google like um, price of uh, acrylic acid what is that and then you'll find an article on like oh yeah there's you know twenty percent increase in the price of price of acrylic acid in the industry and it's caused you know, supply and demand is going to, you know, drive the price up. So those are easy to share. Um, but yeah. the thing is you have to be, uh, you have to use it. Uh, the higher up you go, I find the higher up you go. And I guess the higher, uh, the higher the price of something or the higher the value of something, obviously you have to go up a little higher on your because, or you have to put a little yeah. more detail into your because you can't just say well because uh because there's inflation going on i'm going to give you this uh you know nine percent price increase <laughs> that, yeah. that usually doesn't fly you know they're like okay uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the rest um and so you do have to give some answers but if you're prepared it, to me it's one of the most powerful things and i had this experience uh, a couple of times this week where you're in the middle of that. It's kind of an uncomfortable situation, but when you put it together, kind of in a presentation to where you're showing, um, you know, obviously data on the price of certain materials and you're able to explain that people are very appreciative. They're not going to say you jackass. They're going to say, Oh, thank you. Because what it does is it in, in two points to that one, it re- it gives them an answer. It gives them a reason why, first of all, which is the obvious thing. Mm-hmm. Number two, if they're working within a, a large company, it allows them to save face to the people above them to give exactly. a, a legitimate reason when they go to their bosses and they have to explain this. You've helped their case quite often. And if you're dealing with any kind of B2B uh, business where you're working with you know, purchasing, uh, purchasing managers or supply chain coordinators or people like that, that sometimes are a real pain to work with. Let me tell you, if you give them reasons, it helps them and they appreciate you and they will be grateful to you because you've helped them explain the reason why to their boss and it's helped yeah. them in, because what you, if you don't do that, they're going to go to their boss and say, you know, X, Y, Z raised our price by 10%. I just want to let you know. And, and they're going to say, what, you know, and he's like, you better get back on that phone and you better do some negotiating with them right now, you know? And yeah. so it creates a lot of tension for them 
And, um, and so that's the last place they want to be. So. And every salesperson, if they're good, will give their buyer yes. the causes to take back to their spouse or mm-hmm. decision, other decision makers, right? Like every, yes. Um, so that you have a story mm-hmm. packed and ready to go. You don't have to fumble. That's right. Explaining why you bought that new set of clubs. <laughs> I like how you put that packed and ready. You yeah. should package a really good because for any of your, yeah. of your buyers and because yeah, and, it makes and, it easier for them to sell because sometimes they're not the ultimate they're selling to the person above them, whether it's to, like you said, there might be selling to their spouse. They may be yeah. selling to their significant other. And that's one thing, you know, I don't care what you're selling. People forget that there's always somebody else involved in the process when it comes to marketing and selling. They're not the only ones. They're going to take this information. Yeah, back. Even, even if you get the sale, like the retention and the keeping the sale. Yeah. So a and lot see, of times can depend on that. Absolutely. Having a good because. Uh, yeah. And you know, that's the one thing, one of my all time favorite movies in sales is Glenn, Glengarry Glenn Ross, you know, Al Pacino, he's sitting in the scene at the restaurant and he's talking to the guy and he's doing just a fabulous job of just selling him on this property. Yeah. Uh, Cause he's taking him through a story. It's one of the best presentations I've ever heard. But the one problem that he had in that was he didn't give the because for the spouse, you know, he was selling the guy the whole time on the dream. Well, the guy yeah. comes back the next day because his, his boss, <laughs> his boss nicks the whole deal. So, yep. you know, and uh, he Happens didn't give, all the time. He didn't give the because for the other, the other significant other. So, yeah, and it's got to be really clean and clear because if you're asking someone to pass that information on, yes, it can't be complicated. No, like it's got to be very clear very and concise, yes. uh, or else they'll get it wrong, right. fumble on it. Yep, you know, or whatever. So, absolutely. Well, I've got um. So I saw a stat today about the news cycle and I wanted to just bring it up real quick. And this is, this fascinated me because, um, it says that interest in, they did a survey and people who are either very interested or extremely interested in news Mm -hmm. is down. First of all, I didn't know there was anybody that's very or extremely interested in news. Like that seems, that, that seems over the top to me. Yeah. But what do you think the number of Americans that they surveyed <clears throat> were very interested or extremely interested in, in news? And it, it doesn't say if it's TV or anything, it just says news. Like news. it doesn't really. It so doesn't that could be, that could be from your, uh, could be your websites, news feed. News feed. Yeah. I would so say. News. Okay, I would say that there, because you're including not just the traditional yeah. mainstream media type news, I would could say- be digital as well. It could be digital. I would say probably, I would actually go some somewhere between 45 and 50%. So in, in two years ago, it was 66%. <whistles> 2015, wow. it was 67%. This past year, it's down to 47%. So it's fallen- wow. And it's, it has been in the, the 60% yep. and up range for as long as they've been tracking it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the last two years, it's fallen to 47%. Yeah. And the hypothesis is, is that it's just too negative. It is. Well, it's, it's, and, it's hyper, it's hyper partisan now. I mean, you, yeah. there, you rarely can you get the straight story anymore. It's, it's, there's right. an, there's a, there's an angle to everything now. So there's two lessons I took from this that I wanted to share. One is 
news media outlets, digital, whatever, are going to get desperate if they're, if they're, viewership or readership is dropping by 20%, mm-hmm. their best, probably their best customers. Cause these are the very and extremely likely right. you know, people. So, um, that's going to cause probably more sensationalism in the short run mm-hmm. as they get a little desperate. The other thing is just from a business standpoint, I think it's a good reminder that, you know, we always talk about fear cells and all this and, and all these like bad news cells and things mm-hmm. like that. And I think that's true, but I think what the, even the news has forgotten, or especially the news outlets have forgotten, used to be in journalism, you also offered a solution at the end of your yeah. reporting, right. right? There was usually some type of solution or action you could take or recommendations you could take. Mm-hmm. Now it's just pure, just like, here's the bad news, you're on your own. Yeah. Right. And I think marketers kind of tend to do that as well. You can get really hyped up with the problem mm-hmm. and not give a real good segue to the solution yeah. in your, especially in content. Right. Like it's so much teasing bad news that you, you kind of forget that you need to leave people with some hope. That's right. And that's what's happened in the last two years is, is the hope has been taken away and it's all just mm-hmm. negative. Yep. So, yeah. Which I, which I think is, is why that, um, People, you know, you look at the, you know, we talked about Top Gun, the numbers from, you know, that box office sensation. People yeah. are looking for an outlet away from all the negativity. Um, right. And, and like we you, said, it was, it was anti-political one way or the totally, other. Completely. Um, yeah. No, no, you know, no controversy in that movie whatsoever. You know, it seems like lately there's every movie you can pick apart. There's something in there that yeah. any, any side can dissect in a movie and say, well, here was the problem here. They were trying to get across a message or whatever, but, um, but you won't find that, you know, Top Gun is totally, uh, nostalgic and completely falls in line with, I think what most people really want to, to come back to the movies, you know, to just see something, just be, entertained. Just be, be entertained and escape for just a couple of hours and not have something, uh, a political message or anything like that kind of push down their throat. Exactly. So last thing, and then we'll run. So I had a, I have a client that I've been doing some emails for, for about six months now, and we were running some numbers or they were running the numbers and we were looking at like lifetime value of customers, things like that. And even though our emails, so we're doing two emails a week, I write one and they do a newsletter for the, for the other. So a Tuesday and a Friday. And what we found is that even though the emails themselves are not generating a lot of sales as the emails go out, the retention across customers is up right. significantly. Right. So just because we're staying in front of them, they're, the customers are continuing to buy, mm-hmm. which has increased lifetime value, which increases you know the ability to make a profit and all those things. Sure, so, sure. So the point here is it's, you don't always have to have an instant, you know, in direct response world, we can get like, oh, we didn't get a 10% response or we didn't get, you know, X dollars from that email. Mm-hmm. Maybe email is not working or whatever. It's not, you know, doing anything. But if you look at your overall numbers, especially over some time, six months or whatever, you can, I mean, you can clearly see when I started writing emails for this company and we started adding in the newsletter, mm-hmm. basically when we started communicating with the list every two you know, twice a week from sporadically, 
retention has gone up yeah. since then. Right. Um, so this is where the, again, the branding companies have it right. There's a reason that, you know, progressive is on TV and radio and everywhere else they can billboards they can find and they're in your face all the time because they're either trying to get you as a customer or even keep you as a customer. So, uh, the, the bottom line is communicate with your, your list, your customers. Yep. Cause if you're not, somebody else is absolutely. In a heartbeat. And they, they will take them from you eventually. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you have forgotten about your customers and don't communicate with them. Absolutely. It's like any relationship. <clears throat> so, yeah, you neglect it. It's like the, uh, that emotional bank account, you neglect it and it starts to run dry a little and yep. they're looking for answers elsewhere. Yeah. So don't feel appreciated. They'll just go somewhere else. That's right. So, all right. Well, I know you need to run. Has a good, quick show. Yeah. Um, good stuff as always. So, uh, so you can, uh, to all of our listeners, we uh, always appreciate you. You can find us persuasionbythepint.com. You can find us on all of your podcast platforms, Stitcher Radio, iHeart, Spotify, and uh, leave us a comment. You can e- also email us over at persuasionbythepint at gmail.com. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you all next week. Have a great weekend. Sean, it's been fun, man. Enjoy that hot Texas heat. See ya. See ya.